0: Reading again in James chapter 1, verses 23, 24, and 25. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So in this account here, these few verses, we see a metaphor where the mirror represents what we see of ourselves when we look into God's word. This morning, I stood in front of a mirror, and I liked what I saw, because I saw Debbie. She was standing next to me. (laughs) But God's word is primarily for self-scrutiny. We did not mount our mirror on the wall so I could see her or see me. The mirror is there, and the mirror is on your wall, so you can see you. Have you ever said or heard it said, we're probably all guilty of this, Uh, I wish so-and-so would have been here to hear that sermon. Well, we wish everyone was here to hear every sermon as far as that goes, but human nature tends to apply God's word To the other guy. But James said, the mirror is on the wall for you and for me. So when I say you today, I mean me as well. We should go easy on how we evaluate others because this mirror of the Word of God, which James gives us, he said, he shall have a judgment without mercy that showeth that has showed no mercy so human the human tendency is to hold others to a criteria that we fail to live up to ourselves it's it's easier to see the flaws in others than it is in ourselves the devil shows us the faults of others But if we look into the Word of God, this mirror, it discloses to us where we need help. And that really is the most important because when you looked in the mirror this morning, you fixed yourself up. And you did a good job, by the way. Although that said, we we cannot evaluate the interior of one another, nor should we. Jesus said, "Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet it shall be measured to you again." And that is so true. He went on to say, "Why behold us the moat? that is the speck that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam or the log that is in thine own eye. First, address the speck or rather the log, in your own self. First, uh, fix what the mirror reveals or discloses to you needs to be fixed within you, and then uh, you won't notice so much the other guy. So this 25th verse said, Whosoever looketh, you see we look, we continue, we do, and we're blessed. Whoso uh, looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So to look, the sense here, is more than a fleeting glance. It is to do what you did this morning in front of the mirror. You probably leaned forward, just like I instinctively did just now. And you looked. And you continued. You didn't just glance and say, Ah, oh, good enough, I'm out of here. No, you you you, you continued. You stayed there for a bit. And then you did not forget what you saw that needed to be fixed. You fixed it. You're a doer. Didn't You didn't forget. And when we do that in terms of application to God's word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. We are blessed when we remember to apply God's word to our own selves. That doesn't mean all of our problems or the challenges of life are solved. In fact, this mirror discloses that, and uh, we, by the grace of God, will get to that. The, Lord, the James rather uh, presents a practical gospel. This is not an experiment that takes place in the lab and works in the lab, but when applied outside the lab, somehow uh, does not work. It's more than theoretical; it's practical, and it does work. Christianity is more than sound doctrine that we teach. Or spiritual encounters that we experience. It's a way of life. It it, it looks great in a textbook or on the pages of the Bible, but it's even better than that. It works. And as we apply it to our own selves, we are blessed. Are you blessed today? We are blessed when we adhere to the Word of God. So this uh, mere speaks of, of tests. How do you face trials and temptations? In the second verse of that first chapter, My brethren, counted all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So look into the mirror of God's Word and uh, uh, consider how you respond to uh, trials and temptations. And we need to uh, distinguish as we go through this uh, first chapter just briefly uh, between the trial of our faith and the uh, testing of our integrity. The trial of our faith being how we uh, view circumstances or conditions that uh, would bog us down or discourage us. Or the testing of our in- integrity. And this temptations word means put to the test. It means when we're put to the test, uh, when the enemy of our soul uh, solicits solicits us to engage in something that would displease god so there's a testing of our faith and the testing of our integrity here in this second uh, verse it primarily uh, relates to uh, the testing of our faith trials of life trials that life brings to us, to everyone. The fact that this man is blessed in his deed does not suggest that he, he goes through life without trials. It's the nature of life uh, to encounter those. So to uh, James, he says, brother, encounter all joy when you fall into uh, diverse temptations, meaning uh, trials, the trials of life. He doesn't say if. He says when. So it's not elective. Some of our students have signed up for classes, some required, some elective. Some because you need them to accomplish your uh, academic goals. Others, you elect for one reason or another because they are not required but of interest to you. Well, trials are not elective. They, um, they come upon us without warning and they stay upon us longer than we want. I, I mean, I don't know about you, I don't really like trials. If I liked them, they wouldn't be a trial, right? And it's not like they, they, they're, it's not like driving down the road. We heard a sermon about signs here in the last couple of weeks, where there's a sign that would say "trial two miles ahead." Hey, I'm going to do a U-turn and head the other way, or an, a, a sign that says "exit here to avoid trials." Well, good, good. I start to say good luck, but we don't believe in luck. We believe in providence. The sovereignty of God. Some say He allows them. Some say He sends them. They come. And they don't escape God's notice. So the question isn't whether or not they will come. They will come. Uh, The question is, how do you greet them? He says, count it all joy. I am so excited. Here's a trial. Order balloons. Serve cake. Well, no, that's not how most would respond. I don't think it's really how any would respond. He said, when you fall into divers' temptations, so there's a variety of shapes and forms, and they are unpredictable. But we, we count it all joy when we consider the possible outcome so we we cannot choose whether or not they come but we can choose how we respond to them and we can respond to them in in a manner that anticipates the outcome and the outcome if we allow them to have their perfect work is that you may be perfect and entire wanting or lacking nothing it's it's what God sends our way to uh, to help us to grow. We don't grow, we don't develop in our Christian walk when all is smooth sailing. Our children heard, particularly our daughter, growing up over the years when things got difficult uh, here and there when she was a teenager when she was a college student when she was a young mother she has heard me say multiple times just remember these are the happiest days of your life so i expect her to come back with that on me as we go along here but um, it, it's true that we develop that you may be perfect and entire which is that's to suggest that you may be complete that you may be well-rounded in your Christian development and your Christian walk. And you can look in that mirror and evaluate your own Christian walk and uh, conclude on your own that it's true. Uh, you, you have grown, you have developed uh, spiritually as you've gone through trials appropriately. And that's why y- you can count it all joy because you know that, that You have a purpose in mind. In verse 12, uh, we see, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. And again, suggesting the trials of life more than solicitation to evil. But it certainly applies to both. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he has tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which uh, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So in the short term, short term being your life, you grow and develop to completeness and in the long term it's a crown of life it's heaven nobody floats through this walk, nobody you will have times of crises as you go through life but as you accept them as from the Lord and use them uh, to gain, to make spiritual headway, you can, for indeed, uh, count it all all joy, keeping that outcome in mind. That's the testing of your 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 faith. What about the testing of your integrity? Again, the mirror of God's word. Where James said, let man, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God, God allows, in this case, the temptation, but he, he's not the one who sends it. Uh, he, he tempts no man. He cannot be tempted. So any solicitation to evil comes from Satan, just as it did in the Garden of Eden. Temptation is not sin. So just, just because the enemy would plague you and would entice you, that is not a sin. Jesus encountered the devil's solicitation to do evil, but resisted through the mirror of God's Word. He, he quoted the Word of God. And, and lust, as you used to hear, Though most of the time in the Bible it refers to an immoral passion, here it's neutral in the sense that it refers to every human being's natural desires, natural uh, impulses, not sinful nor not sinful. The, uh, The distinction is in how you respond to it. So Satan throws out the bait. And that bait, called temptation, always uh, appeals to your natural appetite and often, uh, well, one of those uh, natural tendencies is curiosity. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. You're, you're curious. So you look that way. And if you're smart, you look away after looking that way when you notice, but, but, The fish sees the bait and not the hook. Eve saw the the appeal of the fruit and lost sight of the commandment to the word of God that said you should not eat of it. Don't touch it lest you die. She was curious. It was pleasant to the eyes. It had some appeal to make her wise according to the devil. So that the fact that the, the, the bait exists or the lure is there or the temptation comes, don't confuse that for, for sin. Uh, turn away from it. Sin always conceals the consequences. The mouse only sees the cheese. And in the short time, short term rather, uh, there may be some... Uh, gratification. You see, the possibility of that Eve did, but it's deadly. Ask Ask the fish that swallowed the hook. Ask the mouse that went toward the cheese before even taking the bite. And sin is not taking the bite. Sin is having a desire within to take it. I thought we had heard a perfect illustration of temptation, the distinction between temptation and sin when we heard Ian Anderson testify the other night. When he had been saved young and he was out and could take you to the very spot where he determined, I, I, I'm not going to serve the Lord. It's not enough to feel discouraged or not feel anything. It took a conscious decision uh, of the heart and of the mind on your part to get saved. And it takes a conscious uh, decision in your heart and on your uh, part to backslide. It's not easy to backslide. But he decided, I, I'm not going to serve the Lord. And then a year or so later, uh, just a youngster, when he made that decision, still fairly young, uh, a year later, obviously, when uh, he retracted that, didn't retract it, you can't unring that bell, but he could go back and say, yeah, I, he, I made the wrong decision and made a decision to serve God and to serve Him from then until now, even in times where He was isolated from fellowship. So he says, sin when it hath conceived. So, so temptation moves from allurement or enticement to a transgression when you capitulate. When you say, I'm not, I'm not going to serve God, I, I am very conscious of the fact, and you may not articulate it out like, like this, but that's what happens in your mind, even if in an instant when God has said no, and you said, I know God said no, but I say yes. Short of that, you're a work in progress. And you're, you're learning. You're learning to distinguish between temptation and sin. You're learning to grow spiritually and to, uh, you can have a determination with this church is full of people who have gotten saved young, have gone through the rest of childhood and teen years and into adulthood and into senior citizenry. They got saved young and they got saved and they're still saved. You don't improve your testimony to, to do otherwise. You, you, your testimony is getting saved and sticking with it. The enemy will, will come along. You don't lose your salvation. You, you misplace your keys or your wallet, but you can't misplace your salvation. You make a choice. So that's the mirror. I'm not the mirror. James, the word of God is the mirror. What do you see of yourself when you look into that mirror? How do you withstand temptation? Also in chapter 1, we, we read that we should be more uh, ready to listen uh, than to speak verse 19 let every man uh, be swift to hear and slow to speak and you've heard it said we have two ears and one mouth which suggests we should listen twice as much as we talk well we've never created a problem by ourselves by listening too much or communicating too much, rarely anyway. We create problems for ourselves by saying too much and we could we could take the position, well then I, I just won't talk, I won't communicate. Many of these were not literate in terms of, many of these readers in terms of um, writing, um, so he may have included that had they been. But we're to receive with meekness the engrafted word which stands in contrast to offering our opinion with boldness. He goes on in James and speaks of the tongue being a small member and is capable of doing Wonderful good things, but also doing horrible bad things. The captain in the helm of a small ship can safely navigate it through a huge storm, or he can run it aground. So the problem isn't the tongue, the problem is if the tongue isn't tamed, and it takes God to tame it. But really, even then, the the condition of the heart is, is what is revealed. Similar to standing in front of the mirror, and we can fix out, fix up the exterior, but have the interior in shambles. We, we want to see what God discloses to us as individuals and not what the devil discloses to us exists in others we don't know what exists in others but we uh, for faithful we can look and see what God reveals to us about ourselves so this man shall be blessed in his deeds so we look we lean lean forward we uh, continue we take time to evaluate. We do, we employ corrective measures. We don't forget what we saw when we took that time. We don't uh, walk away and say, it's good enough. It's never good enough. We're continually, continually employing uh, measures that make us, by the grace of God, perfect and entire, lacking nothing. We want to be completed in our Christian character. And this man, he says, shall be blessed in his deed. And that uh, blessed, the way it's used there, uh, says, suggests supremely happy. That's, that's good. By any characterization, we want to be blessed in our deed. By the grace of God, what, what do you see when you hold this book up in front of your eyes? in front of your heart? Are there corrective measures that can be employed to make you more what God wants you to be? Well, let's not forget if the Spirit of God has revealed uh, something to our hearts today or any time, let's not walk away and think, oh well, I did the best I could. No, we can can employ these measures better yet Otherwise, God would not have revealed anything to us. So we'll sing this song of invitation. As we do, we encourage everyone here to pray, everyone at home as well, to look heaven's way and know that God is faithful. You will be blessed in your deeds.